Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. As you know, it's our predictions podcast today. It's Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and I. we are making predictions about the Browns Patriots 1 o'clock Sunday at Foxborough. So... Our game predictions come at the very end. We have a bunch of prop bets before, so make sure you stick around till the end for our game predictions. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, this is where I tell you to become one. You get a daily newsletter delivered right to your inbox. You get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and you can be one of our text subscribers. So go to cleveland.com slash browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, get info, and get signed up. Okay, let's make some predictions. Our Friday Orange Brown Talk podcast. Here we go, making predictions for Sunday's Browns-Patriots game. Let's get right to it, Mary Kay. Why don't you get us started here? Well, as you guys know, I like to uh, talk about guys that will have an impact on the game in some way, shape, or form. Some significant impact on the game. And as of right now, as we know, it looks like there's a pretty good chance that Nick Chubb and Demetrik Felton are not going to be able to play in this football game. We have not seen them yet. They're still not out here. They still have to return two negative tests, 24 hours apart to be able to play in this football game. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. In the meantime, in the meantime, Demetric Felton, I mean, Dearness Johnson is probably going to have to carry the load like he did against the Broncos. Now, the Patriots are in run defense, 14th, giving up 108.9 yards per game about the middle of the pack um so my uh my prediction is that dearness johnson is going to rush for 100 yards in his second nfl start he rushed for 146 in his first nfl start against the broncos 22 carries one touchdown this game dearness johnson cracks the 100 yard mark again and and let's say scores a touchdown, rushing touchdown. Okay, 100 yards for Dearness Johnson and a touchdown. So obviously this is interesting because Nick Chubb really kind of got things going, and, and we've said this a, a few times, or at least I, I've said it a couple times. I felt like that game on Sunday was this offense, sort of the way it's supposed to look, right? It was Nick Chubb dominating. Obviously you want to have Kareem Hunt out there at some point as part of this too, but it was Nick Chubb just running crazy, Baker Mayfield hitting some shots over the top, it just looked like the Browns offense that we expected. And now you, you turn around and you might ha- not have Nick Chubb on Sunday against the Patriots. So Scott, when, when you look at this, Dearness Johnson, 
Um, had 95 against the Cowboys last year and then kind of didn't do a whole lot. Had that huge game against the Broncos. Now we'll get a chance to see what he does here. But on the other side of this, the Browns did just lock up their, their two guards who are sort of the core of that run game. So is this a running backs don't matter situation for Dearness? <laughs> uh, man, if – if he is the main back or quite possibly the only back, then I am totally on board with him getting a hundred yards because I think he's probably going to have over 20 carries again. Uh, I think that's, that's a good bet. And I, I mean, the Patriots are the Patriots, but uh, I think that's a good possibility. And obviously, like you said, the line has a lot to do with that. Now, if Chubb does play, no way does he get close to it. <laughs> it's become apparent that, the Browns do not want to count on anybody other than Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, unless they absolutely have to. We saw that over the last two weeks. You know, we thought after the Broncos game that uh, Dernis Johnson maybe, I don't know, earned some more opportunities or they were going to maybe see if he could be that guy who kind of rotates more with Nick Chubb. Didn't happen at all. And uh, so, like I said, if Chubb is playing, then, yeah, this, this is no way. But I think if he's the guy, then, yeah, I think it's not that it's all about the offensive line, but it's if you're running 20, over 20 times behind this offensive line, you should probably get 100 yards. I mean, they're, they're that good when it comes to run blocking. So I'm yeah. not going to get into the whole running backs matter, don't matter anymore, because <laughs> I think Nick Chubb just kind of like just throws a wrench into that whole argument. But it was nice to see Dernis Johnson making people miss and getting yards on his own against the Broncos. So in that respect, he, he matters by himself <laughs> a little bit. Nick Chubb matters. There's like four running backs that matter. And, and Nick Chubb is, is one of those backs. Correct. Yeah, I think Mary Kay, this prediction is probably just assuming that, that there wouldn't be a Nick Chubb um, on the field. So, Ashley, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think I'm sitting here, I was doing the mental calculations in my head. And if I were to go out there with this offensive line, I think I could maybe get like 40 yards. Like that's my, that's my generous prediction for myself. So again, if, if Dearness Johnson goes out there and he is the primary option on Sunday, I think he easily breaks Mary Kay's prediction. Bill Belichick's putting that on his, on his chalkboard this week. Ashley Bastock thinks she can get 40 yards on us. Please right. don't, please don't. There's uh, I don't mean any disrespect, but maybe just a little, maybe just a little, not to the earnest though, because he's a much better running back than me is my point there. So he's, <laughs> he would definitely get way more than 40 yards. I think he's, it's, it's going to be like that video of when he, when he was talking to Chad Johnson before the game and he was just saying, I'm going to double team you all day and you're not going to get anything. If he runs into you before the game, Ashley, he's just going to be like, I'm not letting you get 40 yards today. It's just, it's not yeah. going to happen. Anybody else. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this one. I, I kind of agree with with what you guys said. If if he's going to be the the bell cow, if he's going to get fifteen to twenty carries, he should be able to get hundred yards behind this line, uh, especially because this Patriots run defense. Even though they're good, they're not great. American, what was it you said? Fourteenth. So yeah, they're fourteenth. Yeah, so you should be able to run the football. I, I do want to ask this before we move on to our next one, though, because we all be you know we're saying these two names together. Nick Chubb and Demetri Felton. Obviously, they're not going to feel the loss of Demetri Felton like they would Nick Chubb, but how much does not having Demetri Felton matter? He hasn't played a ton on offense, but he is their return guy. He did have a nice play. I mean, obviously, there was the highlight play against the Bears, but he had a nice play against Cincinnati. He gives you that ability to do some different things. How much do they miss a guy like Demetri Felton on Sunday? 
Well, I think they miss him more with Kareem Hunt out, you know? I mean, he gives you a little bit of what you can get out of Kareem. Uh, and he and you also miss him in the return game. So you have to fill a few gaps with him gone. Um, but he's not a deal breaker the way Nick potentially is, you know? I mean, you can cover up the loss of Demetric Felton in a number of ways. It's tough to cover up the loss of Nick Chubb when you don't have usually Kareem Hunt out there. But, I mean, look what Dearness was able to do, but that wasn't a very good run defense. And you know that uh, Bill Belichick is the master of taking away the thing that you do well. And uh, so they are going to be gunning for whoever that is. But I want to add this real quick. In a week, in a week when your two guards sign contract extensions that make them the highest paid guard in the NFL and the third highest paid guard in the NFL, you really should be wanting to block for your running back to get a hundred yards. So if they don't do that, then they have to give a little bit of the money back. That's fair. A little too much celebrating. Maybe we'll chalk it up to that. Uh, all right, Scott, what do you have for us? All right. So I think this game is going to be a big one for tight ends and running back or tight ends and linebackers rather. Um, because both the Browns and Patriots use their tight ends a lot in the passing game, especially. Um, but we know that for the Browns, Hooper and Njoku, they're both in the top three in terms of targets. They're first and second in terms of catches. And you also got Harrison Bryant. Um, they run a ton of 13 personnel with three tight ends on the field. But here's the thing. The Patriots are the best team in the league at covering tight ends. Uh, they're, they're first in DVOA against tight ends. They give up the fewest receptions, only 22 catches for tight ends against the Patriots this year. Um, but they have not seen a team like the Browns. Uh, they have seen teams run 13 personnel, a total of 21 plays this season. And out of those 21 plays, other teams have 100% success rate passing. They're four for four, two touchdowns. Now, obviously, that's a small sample size. Um, but this kind of goes back to something we talked about on God, I watched the tape, uh, this week, how, when the Browns, even though the Browns have three tight ends and they use it a ton, when they get into the red zone and they have three tight ends on the field, they're running the ball. 86% of the time, the Browns have run the ball when they got three tight ends on the field in the red zone, they've passed it twice, or they, at least they've tried to pass it twice. They're 0 for one with a sack. So one of the things Doug and I, uh, wondered aloud on the podcast was whether or not this is a long con like at some point they're going to flip at some point when Kevin Stefanski gets in the red zone and he's got three tight ends on the field they're just going to get pass happy and and use that to their advantage and so I'm going to go with that theory and think that this is the week it happens that they're going to look at what the Patriots have struggled to do against three tight ends when other teams pass against them and they're going to make it work and they're going to just start passing. I mean, Jamie Collins and Adrian Phillips can't cover everybody um, if they got three tight ends out there. So I'm going to say two out of the three Browns tight ends. I don't, it doesn't really matter which two it is. Two out of the three are going to leave the team in targets and receptions this week. And I think some of that has to do with their issue at running back. And the fact that you don't know if Chubb's going to be out there. So if we're saying Chubb isn't going to play, if it is Dernis Johnson, they really lean into using their tight ends and they kind of try to put stress 
on that Patriots defense and say, all right, you're good against covering tight ends, but can you cover three? And Baker does a good job of, of finding whoever's open. So two out of the Browns, three tight ends, lead the team in targets and receptions this week. Hmm. This is an interesting one. There was a lot there, a lot of, uh, a lot of data there to consume. Oh man, I don't know. I'm not ready to, to say one way or the other on this one. Who's feeling, who's feeling this one, one way or another? Ashley, come on. You just made a face. You volunteered. I know. I was just going to say I'm kind of like Scott makes sense at the conditional if Nick Chubb doesn't play. That makes it more interesting to me. But I'm still kind of like I'll believe it when I see it. Like I know they love that 13 personnel more than most teams. But I don't know. Like until they actually do it, I don't know if they're going to utilize it in that way. But I do kind of agree with Scott in that this might be, if Nick Chubb does not play, the perfect opportunity to kind of do that. But I'm not fully sold yet. So that was a very wishy-washy answer. And my face, I think, reflected that for the listeners. <laughs> Don't be like Doug last, last week. He, he flaked out on, on picking a, uh, a winner in the, in the Bengals. Oh, I heard that. Game. you got to make that. a prediction. That's our one rule here, that. right? Yes, I do. I have a prediction ready. I am not going to do that to you guys <laughs> like Doug. And I hope Doug hears this. That's why Doug, he's not on here right now. He was having computer issues, but we're just going to say he was suspended for not making yes, a prediction. That's right. He's gotten suspended from our pick spot. So, Scott, it's receptions and what else? Targets and receptions. Two out of the three Browns tight ends are going to lead the team in, the, in those categories. Okay. You know what? I, I like where you're going with this, and obviously you put a ton of thought into this, and – you make a very it was really like two minutes worth of thought, <laughs> but you make a very compelling argument. I still kind of like Ashley, I don't know for sure if that will actually happen in reality. And I say that in part because, um, you know, it just seems like Baker has not been uh, connecting all that well with Austin Hooper. The, the catch rate between the two of them, uh, it's just not that great. It's great with David Njoku. Um, so I think right now he needs to get completions wherever he can find them. Um, so David Njoku, yes. Um, I, I think he could be right up there. Um, Hooper, I'm not so sure about that. Um, I do think that, um, you know, that Donovan Peoples-Jones is gonna, going to play another really big role in this game. And Jarvis needs to show up, right? I mean, Jarvis needs to come through and make a big impact in a football game. So maybe this is the week. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. But um, I still think that, that Baker, with Odell gone, Baker is feeling it a little bit more with some of his receivers. And so I think that, um, I think that, I don't think two of the tight ends will lead. I think one of them can, but not two. It, it is worth noting as, as we talk about this, Mary Kane, this was, um, this was going to come up when I threw out my prediction. Donovan Peoples-Jones was not at practice today on Thursday as we're recording this. So if he plays, you know, I, I think he'll be kind of up there in targets, but I, the only reason I'll say this won't happen is because of Jarvis. So you're so essentially, I just want to make, make sure I got this right. So essentially you're saying it will be two tight ends leading the team in targets, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So, yeah, I, th I think I'm going to say Jarvis is going to be, I would expect Jarvis to end up either first or second on that list because I think, they're going to move him around enough that it's not going to be just 
JC Jackson on him all the time. He would probably handle a guy like Donovan Peoples Jones um, anyway. So I think I'm going to say that Jarvis ends up in one of those two spots, but it could be, he could have like, he could be sandwiched between a couple tight ends. Uh, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay. What if Jarvis has to play running back? Well, let's see. That's Does that thing. change things? <laughs> it might. It very well. They won't let. They won't call an option play for him. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we'll stick with this because I had a, a receiver, um, a receiver prop to throw out there, and this has to do with Anthony Schwartz, and he played 28 snaps last week. Uh, he has not had more than two catches since Week One against Kansas City. Um, so just with Anthony Schwartz and over under on Sunday against the Patriots. And they have a very good pass defense Uh, over under two and a half catches for Anthony Schwartz. And by the way, I think Anthony Schwartz gets more predictions on this podcast than anybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You throw him out more than anybody, I think, but over under two and a half catches for Anthony Schwartz. So basically I'm asking you, is he going to have three or more catches? You know what? I'm going to say over on this. I'm going to say over because I think they are ready uh, to let him take over uh, a little bit bigger of a role, take a, take on some more of the what would have been the Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, downfield passing targets. And mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones not there today. And if, if he can't play for whatever reason, then uh, you're going to have to rely on Anthony Schwartz and he's going to have to put on the big boy pants and he is going to have to step up to the plate and, and he's going to have to, uh, you know, just be reliable in a way that maybe he's not hundred percent ready to be, but you know, he's had some time now and, uh, and, you know, on the big stage against a bill Belichick defense, he, I think he's going to have to probably come up big. So I'm going to take the over on that. I think he'll, I think it might only be three, but I think it, it will be three. Above two and a half. I'm, not, I'm taking the under uh, all day on that. I think his job right now is to clear out space and not necessarily see the ball. Uh, I mean, uh, 106 routes. He's run 106 routes. He's had eight catches, 16 targets on 106 routes this season. That's um, not a very high uh, target rate. So, yeah, I think his job is pretty simple right now. Um, clear out space, and I can't really pick him to get a lot of catches because I just said the tight ends were going to get a lot of catches and targets, so I'm, I'm going under. Yeah, it's that synergy that I was trying to find last week in, in my predictions. You've got to keep that in mind. Um, I'm going to say, like, when I put this together, I wasn't super confident, but I kind of feel – I. I think I agree with Mary Kay. I think this is like a three catch game for him for whatever reason, especially with Nick Chubb potentially not playing. Maybe they try and get a little creative getting him. Maybe they give him like one easy one. And then maybe there's two more on top of that. So I, I kind of like three here. What do you think, Ashley? I am going with Scott and taking the under. Um, he's only gotten more than three targets once this year in the very first game against Kansas city. And he's only made three receptions in one game, that game. Um, I just don't see it again. I, I mean, I could be swayed the other way. If DPJ doesn't play, we obviously, um, don't know exactly what is going on there quite yet at the time of recording, but I'm not convinced in, in the over on this one. 
unless he has a lot of catches, unless you know, your prediction comes true, yeah, I think uh, we we should put some sort of uh, suspension on any sort of <laughs> uh, Anthony Schwartz or Demetric Felton breakout game predictions. <laughs> we, we, I think that's I think fair. Demetric Felton <laughs> falls into that too, and we every week, and, and it hasn't happened. Yet. I think I think that's fair. I, I can get on board with that. They can be suspended just like Doug. All right. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Ashley, what do you have for your for your first ever prediction for us here on the pod? Yes, I was gonna gonna say that first ever prediction. Um, I don't consider it too bold of a prediction. I don't know. But um, so the Browns defense is currently third in the league, giving up 84.8 yards per game on the ground. And I did look at Twitter right before we recorded this. Damian Harris did not practice today for the Patriots, and neither did Ramondre Stevenson, which currently means if they do not play. Brandon Bolden would be the Patriots top back in this game. So I'm going to predict that the Browns defense gives up less than their league, their average currently for this season on the ground, because you look at Bolden's numbers, he's had 22 carries this year for 108 yards. So um, I'm fully confident that this defense with how well, especially they played last week, that they can hold, uh, hold their own very well up front there. All right. Yeah, I, ahead, I, I totally agree with this. And I was actually thinking about saying something like this uh, before, well, trying to figure out what we're going to do for the pod. I, uh, having those injuries and, and just uncertainty at running back, I don't see how the Patriots rise up and get a their Ernest Johnson type performance against you know one of the best rush defenses in the league. So, see, so yeah, I'm all in on that one. I think I agree with Scott that. This defense has just consistently been good against the run, uh, you know, and I'm just pulling up, you know, they've given up 300 yard rushers. Uh, one of those was just that awful Cardinals game. And, and I think when all is said and done this season, that'll sort of be like the, the game that we just say, throw that one out. Don't even think about it. Other than that, you gave up 115 to the Steelers, 112 to the Chargers in a shootout. Um, I, yeah, I, I think they're going to be good against the run. I think they're going to be focused on shutting down the run game. And frankly, I, I don't know that they're going to be all that scared of Mac Jones beating them over yeah. the top a bunch. I was so going to say, isn't they, that that's like the point of the prediction for me? Like, essentially, you make Mac Jones try and beat you by himself. Yeah, ex- so. exactly. And yeah, so that, that's kind of my thinking there, too. Like, I, I just I think the idea is shut that run game down, even if they do have one or both of those guys and make Mac Jones make some plays against the secondary. And you're maybe getting JOK back, right? Mm-hmm. Potentially, which yeah. is a huge boost. Mm-hmm. Mary Kay, what do you think? Uh, you know what? I mean, just for the sake of, um, you know, being a little different, <laughs> um, you know, and knowing Bill Belichick the way that I do, we're very tight. Um, if you missed it. If you missed it, Mary Kay told a pretty good Bill Belichick. Oh, I, I heard on. the story as a listener. Okay. Yes, yeah. I heard the story as a listener. That was a fantastic <laughs> Story. Early end of that pod on Tuesday, and you'll hear a good Mary Kay Bill Belichick story. <laughs> yes, very funny. Um, so sometimes when they spring a guy on you that you haven't watched, you know, or you have to do it by committee, sometimes you actually can have a little bit more success because they're ready for one thing and you get another thing. So I'm going to say n- not a lot more than 84.8 yards will they give up in this game. Uh, but I think maybe a little bit more, like maybe 85 or 90, not, not a bunch more. Uh, but I think they recognize they're probably going to have to try to run the ball on the Browns. And um, 
Miles Garrett missed his second straight day of practice today. He's probably going to be able to play because that's Miles. It's Miles is in that point in his career where now you can probably rest him for a few days and you just throw him out there on Sunday. But, um, you know, Tack McKinley's also not out there today. We'll see. As you mentioned, JOK will be back. That will help a lot. But still, I'm going to go with um, with a little bit more than that uh, because I think somebody's going to maybe like break off a, a little bit of a longer run. Like somebody will just kind of have uh, they're going to surprise the Browns with something. I don't know what it's going to be, but that something will net about 40 yards or so. So I'm going to go slightly over just because it's Bill, and I think he's going to have something up his sleeve. Okay, so I think we've all done one, right? So who's got a second one for us? I do. God, have I know a you wanted one. to do yours last, so somebody else yeah, has a second. Yeah, I think it works as a yeah. Okay, so let's just get to it, Scott. What do you have? Bring us home. All right. Okay, so this is a, an odds, an odds question. What are the odds at some point on Sunday's broadcast of the game, CBS will show graphic or show old footage of Bill Belichick as Browns head coach and then tell viewers that he was once fired by the Browns, which if you're a Browns fan, you know, is not true. But even now, even today and yesterday on Twitter, you can find tweets that talk about how the Cleveland Browns fired Bill Belichick. This is not true. 1995, Browns owner Art Modell announces he's moving the team to Baltimore. That's November 6th, 1995. February 9th, 1996, NFL owners approve the franchise's move to Baltimore. And they also announce an agreement with Cleveland that the city will keep the Browns' name and history in the city for the team to begin playing in 99. February 15th, 1996, Modell fires Belichick and hires Ted Marchabroda as the head coach of his new Baltimore franchise, which at that point did not have a name. So anyways, I just want to throw that timeline out there because we know it's going to happen. It's already showing up on social media. I'm putting, I'm, and by the way, this, I wrote, I wrote a story about this. What was it? Two years. What was this story? This was 2019, actually 2017. It was first published. So 2017 ESPN, tweeted out a bunch of tweets about how the Browns had fired Bill Belichick. And I, and I felt, I felt the need to clap back, but uh, so I'm putting the odds at like. At like 70%. I think still the perception that the Browns fired Bill Belichick. And I think CBS is going to screw it up. Man, Browns fans get really mad about this one too. And Scott too, apparently. <laughs> brought receipts i'm just i'm just all about facts you know <laughs> so oh man i mean do you guys feel that that's still a perception when you go on twitter i yes people like to throw it out it's one of those things where people know they're going to get like a bunch of likes and retweets for it it's kind of one of those things to be fair the browns were going to fire bill belichick well yeah like i said in my story now that does not mean <laughs> that not you know 99% of Browns fans didn't want him fired because they certainly did. But, uh, but yeah, the, it, it's, it just comes down to the fact that here's a guy who's won, you know, all these Super Bowls and the Browns fired him just like they fired Paul Brown and, and whatever. It was our model. 
I think it's definitely going to come up. It's definitely going to like, I don't know if it'll be a graphic, but what will happen is they'll kind of show like old clips of him in a Browns, like a Browns, you know, and they'll say, they'll say something like, you know, it took them however many years to find a good coach after they fired Bill Belichick. It'll be something like that. So it's right. something kind of in passing from, I don't even know who's on the game this week, but it's not Tony Romo, who I guess had a rough week last week. I didn't get a chance to listen, but apparently he had a tough week. I've heard some of those. <laughs> I've heard some of those Romo clips. He, he almost called uh, the Battle of Ohio the, I think, the Red River game or something. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Um, yeah, he struggled with the Battle of Ohio. Anyways, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. I, I'm with you on this one, Scott. Yes, I've heard this so many times over the years. And it just goes along with, you know, one more kick Cleveland while Cleveland's down type of thing, right? Make Cleveland look bad. Uh, the butt of too many jokes and uh, you know, it's just low hanging fruit. So I'm going to go with you on this one. Uh, 70% chance that there will be a reference to Bill Belichick having been fired by the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking that all day long. Hmm. I'm 100% taking it. I mean, I would say there's like a 200% chance of that <laughs> happening. And uh, Dan, I'm on the game notes now to answer your question. It's Ian Eagle and Charles Davis with the call uh, this weekend. There we go. CBS. But yeah, I mean, I can, I can see it now. I can see the full screen graphic as a former television person. I can see the full screen graphic. <laughs> I can see the dissolve into the B-roll of Belichick on the Brown sidelines. Like I can see it. I can envision it it's going to happen. Like, there's just no doubt it's going to happen. And yeah, I would say probably 70% chance that we have the inaccuracy because it's just easier to say the Browns fired him as opposed to the new Baltimore franchise fired him. They're not going to have time to get into that. So yes, I will say it's definitely going to happen that the graphic is shown, the B-roll is shown, and we have the small inaccurate statement in there. Baltimore Twitter has a meltdown. Yes. (laughs) Twitter's Baltimore Ravens, best uh, best pro sports rebrand. Pretty good. Good color scheme. Good name. This is we're going to talk about this Thanksgiving weekend or Thanksgiving <laughs> pod. I'm going to have you guys recording at like 10 o'clock on Thanksgiving night our predictions pod, and we're going to be talking. We're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens rebrand. We're going to rank. I will have uh, I will have fallen asleep long before then, but we're going <laughs> we're going to rank pro sports rebrands. Oh, we'll do a draft of them. It'll be an off season roundtable. <laughs> It's too long since we've done a draft, hasn't it been? It has been. We are, yeah. We need right. a draft so bad. <laughs> All right, let's get out of this one here before we go too far off the rails. Browns are actually underdogs in this game. The Patriots are favored by a point and a half. The over-under on this one is 45. Who's got a prediction? Who wants to lead us off for what's going to happen on Sunday? I, I mean, I guess I'll go first. I think the Browns are going to win this game. Um, I, I feel... This is probably the most confident I've felt. Well, I felt really confident about the Steelers game, but that's a whole nother. I might have to issue a statement about the Steelers here at some point (laughs) on a podcast soon. But uh, I I feel pretty confident that the Browns are going to go to Foxborough and figure out a way to win this game. Not having Nick Chubb would be incredibly difficult. That's not some groundbreaking analysis, but I think they're going to be able to do it. I think they're the more talented team across the board, and I I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I'm going to say... Browns 23, Patriots 21. Who's next? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to make this prediction thinking that Nick Chubb is not playing. Uh, 
And I think this could be a game similar to what we saw with the Steelers, where the defense really does a good job uh, shutting down the other team and the offense has more struggles. I think the Browns will win. I think it'll be more like, yeah, in the, in the teens, it'll be close, like 17, 13 is, is what I keep thinking. Just a low scoring game where the defense plays great and the offense this time does just enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing kind of a low, low scoring game, something in the low 20s again, too. Dan, did you say 23 to 21? I said 23-21. 23-21. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere in that neighborhood, 23-21 uh, or maybe even 24 to 21. I, I think the Browns are going to win this game because um, I think their defense, I do think that their defense has turned the corner. I think that their defense is now coming up uh, with takeaways. I think that they're going to continue to do that. Uh, I think they're going to rattle a rookie quarterback and get to him. And, uh, and also on the other side of the ball, I mean, they do have a nice big defensive front, but I think that the Browns offensive line matches up well against their defensive front. So I I do think that the Browns are going to win this game. I think they're a better football team from top to bottom. And uh, I'm going to say something like 24 to 21. Yeah, I would say I'm probably in a similar neighborhood to just about all of you. I'll give my score prediction, Browns 23-17. But I think not only are the Browns the better team, but even if they have guys out, we saw it last week, I think they are just better when they are the perceived underdogs, when they do have their backs against the wall in some way, shape, or form. Um, so I think even though we don't know who's going to be playing yet, uh, and we won't know till Saturday or Sunday, um, I, I just think they really are going to come out and do what they need to do, regardless of who is on the field, and just find a way to get a win. All right, there we go. A clean sweep. Uh, all of us picking the Browns to go to Foxborough and win this game. Uh, they have the Lions the week after that, and then things get really interesting. They have that back-to-back. Uh, with Baltimore two times in three weeks. So um, it's it's starting to get interesting. The season is long, but these games are coming up fast here. And uh, and we're going to get into it. Hey, nobody mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. until I said it here today, right? Well, maybe. Maybe he got mentioned during the Anthony Schwartz discussion. But we're suspended for next week. Oh, well. Is it going to be in a Patriots <laughs> uniform on Sunday? <laughs> that, that would be a story. That would have been a good prediction. Why didn't we start with that? <laughs> All right, that's going to do it here for our predictions pod on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Uh, make sure you check out our post game pod. Doug will be back off his suspension to uh, to run our post game pod on Sunday night. You've got to be subscribed to this podcast if you want it to show up right on your phone or however you listen uh, as soon as he hits publish on that podcast Sunday night. And then a full week of podcasts coming next week for Ashley, Scott, and Mary Cam. Dan, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>